What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 178 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller. Octobest Traveler! You're playing right now. You're playing. You're, you're in a boss fight. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm up against Ophelia's boss here. How, how are you oh, feeling? You think you're going to take oh, him down? I got him down. I got what? I got two, three of his five vulnerabilities exposed right now, and I'm just pop, 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 pop. You got that spinny thing going on right now? Yeah, he's not He's not ready to fight me right now. He's like, what's going on? That's how it happens. Yeah. And then, of course, once again, joining us, Jared Petty. Hi. Glad to be here. Well, thank you. We got the cool Greg clap for that one. Cool Greg on the on the boards, on the ones and twos, as they say. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Kevin's setting up for a stream we're doing Monday. Very excited about all Very of that. Stream. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You get to talk about video games, all the things that we love about them. This has been quite the week in video what games. What a week for video Lots games. Lots of games coming out on a... Today, actually, as of recording, Thursday, July 12th, mm -hmm. is when a lot of them are actually coming out. Review embargoes going up. Uh, so usually it doesn't line up with our games cast schedule. Yeah. This is actually very nice uh, that we can talk about the games instead of just being like, oh, I'm playing something. I'm doing something. I can't let you know what I'm doing. I'm being kind of funny game too. Uh, if you want to support us, you can get the show early by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can watch it live for just $1. Just $1 a month allows you to watch four episodes in that month, sometimes five. For the mere price oh, of a Chevy tough. Volt. For one dollar. Chevy Volt's one dollar? Sure. Don't, don't listen to him. Just, <laughs> just ignore yeah. Jared and keep going. Chevy Volt price, which put, I assume put, is closer to $25,000, you can get a lot more than that. Just put your, put your YouTube comment in right now. Just drop it right there. Yeah, or yeah. just drop the YouTube comment. That's free to do. You yeah. can do that. That's fun. Or if you want to listen to us on podcast services, you can do that too, including Spotify now. That's pretty cool. Cool, Greg. Are we on title yet? That's it. We're getting damn close. We're getting damn close. What's title? Jay-Z's streaming service. Oh, okay. I, I don't think they do podcasts. Do they do podcasts? Only exclusive ones. Uh, only exclusive uh, ones. Yeah. Well, cool, the, cool, the Cool Greg effect. The Cool cool Greg effect. Yeah, that could be the yeah, yeah. one for him. Oh, man. Let's just get right into oh, it, though. Shit, oh, Patreon producer Tom Bach. <laughs> Patreon producer Eric Heights. The men, the myths, the legends. legends. Both of them are fantastic people that helped this show happen. Let's talk about it, Greg. Okay. Octopath right. Traveler. It's Yay! here? Finally. Mm -hmm. Every, the review embargo up today. People ready to download it tomorrow as of our recording. Obviously, everybody freaking out. Everybody freaking out about the reviews today as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been playing it. Yep. I like it. That's what, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it's what we talked about last time I was on the games cast. Of course, I wasn't here last week. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking over, boys. But, you know, Jared, you talked to me about it. In the, I asked you the question basically of like, I. it takes a very particular JRPG for that I can get into I should yeah. say actually it's a very particular JRPG that I can get into and you talked about this and what you liked from the demo and obviously I've heard everyone in the audience loving it we've seen it obviously at a million directs where I look at I'm like that game looks great I just don't know World if it'll party. be for me mm -hmm. and you know you laid it out and I was like if I have no nostalgia for an SNES Final Fantasy or something like that right or any kind of JRPG in that in that time frame am I, is it going to be something I'd like and you said I think so yeah. and so yeah I had it downloaded ready and on the flight back from uh canada last week or I, yeah last week i started it uh and it was that thing i had a six hour flight okay and so i was like i'm just gonna play this on the flight mm. and so started in uh and i i'm coming in pretty much completely blind outside of the demos we've seen okay but you haven't played the demos correct the, the, right. the past yeah yeah i'm at yeah. demos we've seen on like in nintendo directs, directs. Stuff, yeah so yeah, you yeah, did yeah, not yeah. play the the demo you did exactly. not play the the prologue whatever and i didn't was. do the whole thing of like you know i knew obviously eight paths eight different characters they all have their own little stories mm -hmm. their own little reasons for it and starting off not i did no research you know what i mean i didn't know what any of the characters are and i'm going yep. through who they all are and what their abilities are and what like the gist of their story is mm -hmm. 
And I was like, all right, this Primrose story seems super interesting. And so if you're not, if you're like, everybody has their own different stories and setups. Primrose's setup, right, is that she, as a child, saw her dad murdered by three dudes that each had a crow tattoo somewhere on their body. And then she, you know, was like lost at it. But her life's goal and mission now is to take down these fucking three guys that killed her dad. And so eventually she finds out that, you know, one keeps coming to this, like, uh, basically, they don't say this, obviously. Strip club. It's a dancing club, dancers club. A dance right? hall. With private shows and like, it's a whorehouse, right? And so she's like, I'll, I'm going to fucking become a dancer. I'm going to become a stripper, a whore, whatever you want to put in there. Uh, and work in these horrible conditions with for this horrible, creepy fucking man that probably Who looks like such a that guy. He is, oh, he's it's totally like his design. He's like, you come it's back like, for me for my private shows. <laughs> how, how do you do that with a with a with a figure this small? But you look screen. at him, you're like, yeah, yes, yeah. that uh, is a rapist. That fuck. is what a creepy old yeah, rapist knows, looks like. You know yeah, what I mean? and so like start jumping into that like immediately, I'm like, wow, that's some dead fucking cation to catching your your dad's killers that you're gonna go be. And we'll just say dancer at this point. But mm-hmm. again. The subtext of everything here is that it's a full. I mean, service it's more than subtext. Though. Like they're pretty. I think at the end. I think up. she call, he calls her a whore yeah. at the end. I oh, took not screenshots. Not even at the end. It's pretty early. Oh, really? like, yeah, first, I'm thinking of, of like the the conclusion of their thing here, right? Because this like, was the same storyline that I that started is, with in yeah. the demo. Oh, really? And that, then I'm at, now that I'm redoing it, like I'm most interested in her, so I mm-hmm. started as that one again. So I I'm pretty fresh. You know, as Hel this is the guy Helganesh, right? He's yelling at her. That naughty mafia belongs to me. Put it where it belongs, and if you please me to my satisfaction, dot dot dot. Who do you think you're speaking to, whore? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, he's laying it all out. He's I'm like, I, I, and no. she she calls him master and all this stuff. What I, what and she's I in like the like dancing, like the I dream a genie, like yeah. my belly's exposed, oh, I, very like uh, you see through outfits. I love that all of the dancers are all in the same outfit, but yeah. like she's in red, and then her friends in blue, and then the rest of them are just all green. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys are NPCs. I, yeah, y'all yeah, don't matter. I think that's very evocative of of old RPGs. That's the place where they're deliberately hopping back because you do have things like you have the the dance scene uh, in in a couple of other games where you're going to see situations that are supposed to be considered tawdry or or brothel-like and you'll see those dancers kind of in the background. But even earlier, like Mm -hmm. pixel art era. Uh, before that, you're going to see a lot of that. So so what drew you to that? The the idea of a revenge story? It sounded like the most... um adult not in the winky sense but like the most like mature storyline there of like wow what for a character the dedication to have that right of like all right cool i'm going to go on deep undercover into this seedy lifestyle and be treated as a sub by my master and a slave by my master so that's interesting because i went with the the scholar storyline and this is pretty much about a guy whose boss doesn't like him and lost a book um and and I actually have You're like I can connect to this. But I've appreciated yes, yes. I've lost a book. I've lost a book and my boss doesn't like me. Exactly. I no, I've popped into that situation. I like when RPGs like Octopath Traveler give you these everything kind of feels like a side quest in a way, sure. but it all comes together and feels like a sum of more than its parts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in two, which I've evoked many times, is really good at that. It doesn't feel like you're saving the world. It feels like you're saving mm, your mm, life. Mm. It feels like you're dealing with your issue. Octopath Traveler leans really heavily into that. Yeah. Uh, people have talked about whether, you know, why wasn't this a Final Fantasy game? I think there are two reasons for that. Uh, one, because Final Fantasy games traditionally are about a big elemental evil you have to destroy. Yeah. Second, I think that Square Enix realized that it might be time to, you know, if you have an Octopath Traveler and it takes off and it's really good, then you can have a two and a three sure. and an Octopath Traveler guy den and an Octopath Traveler monsters and a, you know, and you can start a new IP and they managed to do that and it looks like successfully. 
Yeah. yeah. Reviews are positive right now. I think the most damning in quotes one I've seen, right, is Jason Chires, mm-hmm. which is basically like it's pretty what you see is what you get easy to get into it's not that engaging but he liked it still right yeah. and that's that's the the boil boilerplate version of a very long lengthy good review from jason uh i i don't think that's necessarily wrong like you know what i mean like primrose um oh my god i'm so into and then when her st- when i finished chapter one of her story mm-hmm. and it's like cool there's a chapter there's more chapters of the story obviously but you should get everybody else first i'm st- i'm i'm 10 hours into the game right now i should actually stop because i don't want to fuck up my game clock yeah. uh, i'm 10 hours in right now right walking around getting all the other characters mm-hmm. and joining all them and what i'm finding is what you're talking about of like i'm running into some of these people i'm like all right cool my dad got killed and i've been having to fuck my master for a while i it really sucks that you just want to be an apothecary to everyone <laughs> yeah you want to be a, you you want to be a world famous apothecary yeah. and you're clearly in love with your best friend who's okay whatever it, it's interesting because i'm right there with you where the the primrose storyline like is the most interesting one to me uh that i that i've seen and like because I, I did start i played the other demo i forgot the the other dude's name but um like months ago when i played through his first chapter and then uh, when I started playing now, I started as someone else. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to go back to Primrose. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm seeing online a lot of people do not like her story. Really? They're just like, oh, it's so top level and so just like trite and like oh, the same story we've seen a million times. And I totally agree, but it's like, there's something it's a revenge about, tale. about it. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm here for this. I like this. And uh, even though it's like pretty predictable when it comes to the dialogue and stuff, I love, I mean, this game to me is kind of the sum of its parts of aesthetics. Mm. And I love that it sounds as good as it looks. I love that it's like actual orchestration and the voiceover is perfect to me where it's like just, fit, found. just the right level of, of cheese. Of cheese. Mm-hmm. It's fitting and what it's it was like, trying to be. It, yeah. Exactly. It's fitting what it's trying to be. And like, I love how much VO is in it. Yeah. And I love how you can skip it. And it's pretty quick. And yeah. so it's yeah. like, it kind of allows you to play the game and experience it how right. you want to, which is great because uh, I feel like all the parts that I would play old games back in the day and be like, oh, I wish this had VO. Like even for something like Final Fantasy X, yeah. it had a lot of VO, but a lot of stuff didn't. I feel like in this game, everything that should have it, even if it's not in a cutscene, does. Otherwise, it does the kind of Fire Emblem style, like, oh. Yeah, I'm yeah, with yeah. you there, and I love that. I love the fact that I can get just as much story as I want, that there's a ton of story going on, and not just story being told through the dialogue, but story being told through immersive <laughs> storytelling, through the world that I'm in, looking around yeah. and seeing this place obviously has reasons for the way that it's shaped the way it is, the mm-hmm. reason that mm-hmm. this is happening, the reason this pathway or this building is here or this person is standing here. Those things all make sense, but I hate when games are so chatty and there's no way out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this one gives me exactly the you amount of exposure I prefer. Just hold B, right, and the little thing fills in. You can skip everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm only using that, like, the one time I died and came back and I had to listen to the boss game. I was like, all right, well, fuck, skip all this. But, but it is that it's... What I like about it and what's interesting about it is... Okay, maybe I don't connect with every story. You're not even connect is in the right word. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's not as engaging as I think how deep Primrose's is in terms of, like, wow, there's a lot of weight to this, right? Uh what I do like about it is that it kind of has a Justice League vibe to me, to it, or or any ensemble performance where I, like, when, all right, we did Primroses, right? And then when I went to, and uh, the name's escaping me right now, too, but then when I went to basically the girl who's Aloy, Mm-hmm. She's, oh, yeah. you know, she's got yeah. the bow and arrow, and she's yeah. in like the tribal thing, and they're talking like Norse myth. They're talking very like Thor, right? It was like 
oh fuck, this is kind of like it, I can see it all coming together of it being the Avengers, where mm -hmm. everybody I'm yeah. playing everybody's intro movie to get them together to go do what we're well, going to do. It's kind of like, oh, I love Spider Man, which is Primrose in this case. Yeah. But you're just like, why the fuck would I ever want to watch a Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. When you do give it the shot, you're like, yeah. oh, this totally works. And I also love how there's a kind of a, a mix between gravity and goofiness. There. Sure. Uh, and that's something Japanese games have, have always done, sometimes with more success than others. I think it works pretty well here. Y you can have something that's completely wacky right next to something that's completely melodramatic, right. and they both work. You go back to, you were talking about Final Fantasy VII earlier, and this is a great example of that. You know, Aerith dies, like, just murdered, butchered, speared right in front of you. And then you, like, you drop her into the water, and then immediately it's time to go snowboarding and fall down the mountain! Yeah. And it's just like, ha, ha, ha! No. And those things are right next to each other. Yeah. Um, this game has that spirit to it, and sometimes it's a little jarring, but for some reason, there's so much darn charm. It's still but the works. way they do it, right? I feel yeah. like I can go from Primrose's like Batman, dark and gritty story to yeah, Alf on the on the you know apothecary or whatever, yeah. right? And it really just is like, man, an apothecary came through once and was really cool. And again, I'm clearly in love with you, my best friend, also yeah. apothecary. Yeah. But, but I'm sure this game won't ever address that because of, <laughs> right. it's very Japanese. But like, all right, cool. But it's like. They, the way since they all are compartmentalized, it is. I'm interested to see when we are assembled and we do move on to see mm -hmm. what it is the interactions between them, if there are any of how. Yeah, it no, definitely. I cannot wait to play more of it. The one thing that I I kind of have an issue with is uh, the boss fights can be kind of challenging, which is good. Yeah. But when you lose, I feel like there's way too much dialogue before boss fights. Mm. Uh, Hold and, the and well, even then though, it's like it's that it's little quality of life things where mm. I'm just like ah. Like, I remember, uh, like, Kingdom Hearts 1 had this huge issue where there'd be these crazy long cutscenes before boss fights and you couldn't skip yeah. them. And they addressed that in, in future games, which is great. I just hate that now when there's a game that's kind of styled after games even before that, yeah. where it's like, now there's it's cutscenes and dialogue where it is all just text-based. And you, it's, there should just be a, you obviously saw this. You died. Yeah, yeah, Start yeah. I hear boss you. Fight. I hear you. And, and let's touch on a couple of other uh, things that may be obvious to us, but that we kind of skipped over in the discussion. By the way, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Lord, it's oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. ridiculously accessible as JRPGs go. Yeah. It does not take long to figure out how to play this game uh, and to get a, a handle on the combat. The combat is just deep enough to be engaging, but not so deep that it feels overwhelming. For me, it's uh, you, so it's turn-based combat, which I'm sure most of you knew, but I'm going to explain to this to a lot of people, I'm sure, for the first time who don't play JRPGs. For me, you're talking about quality of life things. And again, I, you know, in terms of my video game pedigree or whatever, JRPGs, a very shallow pool, mainly made up by Persona games, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I love the system they're using here in the way that the vulnerabilities once I discover them for the character are chronicled beneath them on the bar and when you, you when you use the vulnerabilities you'll see a shield next to them right which is how many times they're shielded if you use enough vulner if it says five and you use five of their vulnerabilities turn over turn you get a break where they're sitting there with the things over their head where they won't attack you mm -hmm. quality of life wise for me persona has this and again I can only compare it to persona really right mm -hmm. in terms of I put hundreds of hours into Persona games. Persona has that where you scan the character, you know their weaknesses. But for me, the problem always was, all right, cool. If I'm not like playing it day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, I'd forget 
like, oh wait, what are what's there? And you have to go into a little, yeah. you have to go into a menu to find out what's mm-hmm. there's a call up a button, you know, to get it, get that report. And I always hated that. I always wish I could just see it. So to see it at a glance here, mm-hmm. especially for a game that you know I did five hours of on the plane or whatever, six hours of on the plane, then put down, then woke up the next day, played for another hour, then took a couple days off, then came. You know what I mean? Like I haven't found the problem I have with a lot of JRPGs of like getting dropped back into a dungeon and being like, wait, fuck, what? Oh, it had How to does be this that work? Way to work on Switch? Exactly, I mean, exactly. I mean, they seem to have really understood that. I yeah. Mean, we had somebody write into Games Daily uh, this morning um, and talking about, hey, will this ever be on PS4? I don't know, but this was a game that was obviously designed with yeah, this to be a, to be a portable experience. Yeah. So think about, uh, you ever play Crisis Core? I mean, yes. that, you know, that's a game that was made to be on PSP. Yeah. And it's, it's it takes advantage of the fact that you can play in little chunks, little mm-hmm. three to five minute bits. Right. And this one definitely, while it's a very long game, can be broken up in almost any way yeah, and, totally. and remain engaging. And I, I like how they do that with the chapters with each character. Yep. Like not only having so many different characters, but being able to break up and continue along the storyline you're going with or jump around and kind of go through. I like that. It is very conducive to, to handheld play. Yeah. And it's awesome. And go, going off what you're talking about with the break modes and stuff and being able to see the vulnerabilities, like I totally agree because it's like usually in RPGs, some character will learn the ability to scan and yep, figure out yep, shit. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. But I like that this, that is the battle system for yeah. this. It is totally working around this break mechanic and it's satisfying as hell. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do this year because we've got this, which I haven't played nearly as much of as I want to. And then we got Dragon Quest Eleven coming, mm-hmm. which is another turn-based six trillion hour JRPG that's going to be excellent. And now so, is that, that's not portable though, right? What? No, that's not yet. It will okay. be on Switch, but it's coming out first on PS4, PS4 and PC. And, and, okay. and uh, those are the two places you'll be able to play in the beginning. And I honestly will probably play at both places because Dragon Quest is my jam. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to both of these because they are from a similar kind of DNA, sure. even though they are not going to be identical experiences. Dragon Quest, if you can believe it, is even more accessible in general than, than something like Arcapath Traveler. Yeah, yeah. It really is just designed so that anyone can play and enjoy it. And I like that about it. But I feel like that anybody that, that owns a Switch and has ever even thought about a JRPG, this is a great place to hop in. It has such a great DNA lineage. It's a little bit of Lunar in there and a little bit of Final Fantasy in there. I love the way that they're making things easy to go back to and make me want to go back to right because again so i was playing on the plane i'm going to play all five hours of this flight or whatever because we had the tailwind we we're going faster than we we're six hours and we're going to you know do this and it was that first thing where all right cool i'm having fun this first hour but also luminous is on here in four hours of luminous sounds real and i was like no fucking keep going you know what i mean and it did that thing where I got through Primrose's story, get the next character, and then you learn it. Like, you know, Primrose's ability, right, is that she can, like, charm somebody to come along and then summon them in battle and whatever. But then to get the next and realize that every character has a path ability Mm -hmm. that, like, all of a sudden it was, oh, like, if somebody's blocking a door, I've got this guy or the Aloy character, right, that can bring out a beast that can attack them and knock them out so I can get through. And it was like, Mm -hmm. oh, fuck, when I started, I got a few of those and it was like, okay, let's go all the way back to town one. Oh, I can steal from people now. Let's steal from everybody we can and get all stuff. And that's cool that that stuff uh, affects both the overworld and the battle system. And I just love that, man. I I feel like they really paid attention to, obviously, it's in the name of the Octopath Traveler. Like, the, the characters matter a lot, but I love that they, it's thought of not just for one side of the gameplay. I'd love to sit down with the developers uh, and ask them this question. There's a, a Ultima and Wizardry, a two series that very heavily influenced early Japanese RPG development, especially like turn-based console RPGs. And Ultima 4, which is one of the most influential RPGs in America and Japan in, in all of history, is about eight very distinctive characters that all have special abilities scattered mm-hmm. around a world 
And depending on how you answer a quiz at the beginning of the game, a per, literally a personality quiz, That's awesome. you play as one of them, and then you gotta go find the other seven, and they join you and become your party. And everybody has this unique thing they bring to it. I really do wonder if that's where they started with the idea for Octopath Traveler. I'd like to find out. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, complaints, I guess, there's pr- not problems even, but like, you know, things, right? I do feel like what you're, the people are saying about Primrose, even what I'm talking about, it is very surface level, right? Where I'm so engaged with her that other people I am a little bit like, all right, Ophelia, like, all right, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd rather just focus on one. When I, when I, again, not knowing anything other than it's beautiful and everybody says I'm going to love it. Jumping in, I thought it was going to be like, oh, man, do you have to play eight eight playthroughs of this game to really get mm. what it's about? You know what I mean? So to jump in and be like, as soon as chapter one finished for her, be like, all right, cool, find everybody else before you go on. Really, It's like, oh, okay, so I am getting everybody's yeah. experience. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Uh, and my, only, my only real criticism of it in terms of things is the I don't like the map at all. I, f- mm. I find myself like when it's like, cool, like I clearly have to go find the next town over here to get Ophelia or whatever. It's like. Right, that looks up or whatever, and then I'm like kind of wandering around. And granted, you have to find the signposts that then go up like that. And it's just like, I feel like there should have been a better way to do this. And not that I'm 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 rarely avoiding battles. It's random battles, obviously, as you Mm -hmm. go through the map world. It is that annoyance of like, all right, cool, I'm going. I went the wrong way. Double back. Ah, fuck, something found me. All right, cool, I gotta fight you right now. All right, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I love the the dungeon designs though. Yeah, like for all the dungeons that I've played, like I just love the look of them and I love how they're they're laid out. And it, it does the thing that RPGs do best when you know you're enjoying it is when you see that treasure chest oh yeah and on the side oh, yeah. you're like how the fuck man, did I get that's, there? that's way out of my way i'm gonna get it though. i'm, I'm doing it that is yeah, the yeah. most square enix thing ever. yeah like that to have that chest this poking in at that that goes all the way back again like dragon quest one uh, have you ever played the original dragon quest Mm-mm. you know again deep in the history of this company and i just love this you have the castle that you start in and there's like one tile of water one little river and on the other side is the end of the game like sitting like three squares away on the map is the bad guy's castle. And you start right next to it, but there's a river between you and it. And the entire game is a journey around to that thing. But mm. from the very first moment, you can see that they are so good at that. They've been doing this since the 1980s, and they still manage to find ways to dangle that in front of your eyes. I think more than anything else, that's why people hated Final Fantasy 13, mm-hmm. was because it didn't feel that way. You never mm, felt like there was a big world you were One getting hallway to. that you're just going down yeah. the entire time. 15 nails that. And this, and I do think a lot of it's just where the camera is, gives you so many opportunities to do that. Oh, sure. and, and I think we've forgotten that it's not just about pixel art style. When you pull a camera out, you can do things in a game you cannot do when you're close in, and Octopath Traveler well, illustrates. And that. that's the thing of like, yeah, especially have, have you played Ophelia's stuff? Mm-mm. Like, you know, hers is in this like giant church or whatever, like that's ornate and has all this, you know the blue, the flame of the traveler, or whatever the hell it's called in the front uh, or the back. Like when I got it, and it was like, all right, cool, and they let me free roam it for the first time. I was like, all right, cool, and I'm going into rooms expecting there to be a character, or a treasure chest. There isn't, and it's just like, wow, you built this room just to make it seem alive and cool, mm-hmm. and then like to walk up to the the priest or the clergy man at the front and then go behind him to the flame and have like the wall kind of come in and fade away i was like oh here's oh this is okay there's a chest there but it's like you made a very detailed level mm-hmm, here yeah. just to make it seem real and alive. i yeah. love the choices they make on when to have it be pixel art and when to have it be more like cinematic lighting and like mm-hmm. when to use real flames versus like pixel flames it's just like it just makes the world so freaking cool yeah mm-hmm. and like i love that they made a game that like backs up that 
quality of style, yeah. right? Because I feel like it'd be super easy for them to uh, just put something out that looks cool. But sure. I, this is something more than that. I think it might be the most artistically interesting. I think it is the most artistically interesting Square Enix game since Final Fantasy Tactics. It does really neat things with art. And, and I haven't seen them take a risk in that direction this extreme in a long time. I think it really pays off. This is a game that deserves to succeed. Hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's going to. I mean, obviously, IGN gave it a 9-2. Like, I mean, there. Yeah, yeah. it seems like it, obviously. Seth Macy, shut up. Exactly. Yeah. Hype's been there for it. And I think it's deservedly so. And it's what's fun for me and interesting for me, again, after everything we're talking about here, is the fact that I feel like when I inevitably do fall away. Because it, it was the thing of, all right, cool. It was very much my uh, plan originally for Fortnite, right? Where I was like, oh, I'll, I'll play it on the Switch when we're doing stuff and then leave it alone. Where... All right, we landed, and we're, I'm finally home. I'm finally at the TV. I'm going to sit down and play uh, the Life is Strange tie-in, Captain Underpants. We can never remember the fucking name of it. I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I've been dying for more Fortnite. I'm going to play Fortnite and wake up that morning and be like, fuck, I'm going to put Project Octopath on the giant TV. I've been playing yeah. it in handheld the yeah. entire time. Now I'm going to plug it in and go and like just sit there and play it and have Jen be like, this voice acting is terrible. And I'm like, well, no, not every town sounds like this town. They're talking like Thor for he's yeah, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, there, there are several things. It's not perfect. I mean, there's oh, no. some goofy it, voice acting. There's some pacing occasionally. There's it, some, well, it, yeah. do, it does. I mean, it's a weird one where I feel like it doesn't go full JRPG, which where for me it would get too close to the sun and I'd be yeah. like out. But it does definitely get up there where I'm like, I know these tropes. I know yeah. what this is. The way they're talking, you know what I mean? Like, it does do... It doesn't feel like parody. I think that's the, yes. the, the key it's in for the, me. It's in the safe spot between being JRPG and Western enough. Where yeah. it's like, I, yeah. I can, I'm enjoying my ride here. But you're right. It doesn't feel like self-parody. That's an excellent way to put Which it. Which it very well could have. And to, the reviews are all pretty much glowing. The Jason Shires is the exception that's kind of getting torn apart. And the thing is, if you read his review, it's not bad. Pretty much the point he's making is, hey, people expected this to be Final Fantasy VI too. It's not. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's just, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like that. If that is the worst review you got for this game, like, mm -hmm. things are looking pretty good. Yeah. Now, I haven't been able to put as much time into Octopath Traveler as I wanted to. Sure. Because I've been distracted <gasps> by one of my old friends. Uh -oh. His <laughs> name is Captain Toad. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Okay. Oh my god, I love this fucking game. Yeah. I loved it on Wii U. Loved yeah. the hell out of it. But man, playing through it again, it's it's one of those type of games that even if you played it before, I knew at this point it was years ago. It came out in what, 2013? Uh, 2014 13 or 14, I don't remember. Latest. Yeah. Um, it's been long enough that I don't remember all of the, the things, so I'll get stuck and I, I keep having that aha moment of just like, oh, this is what I need mm -hmm. to do. And then I'm like, oh, I remember when I remember, like figured this out the first time. Yeah, it's, yeah, just yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like seeing an old friend. But what I like about it is it's undeniably better on Switch than it was on Wii U. Ooh, expound. So one of my biggest issues with the Wii U that at the time I was fine with because it's all I knew uh, is the camera. You had to, to use the gyro shit for with the gamepad uh -huh. on the Wii U to, to be able had to, to like, rotate it and to, stuff. to rotate the, the kind of worlds. And I mean, I even remember then wanting to be able to use the right stick, but it, it didn't ruin the experience for me because it was such a fun novel thing. Like I never expected them to take that fun mini game from uh, Mario 3D World and put it into its own game. But, yeah. but they did. And I was so just enthralled by that. But now being able to just use the right stick like a normal person, it's, <laughs> not be on a plane like this, it makes yeah. it so much more satisfying. And just like you can kind of just do what you want, what your brain wants to do. It just yeah. happens instead of having to think about struggling with the controls. Nice. And like that should not be something a video game 
you know, is complimented for. But like, here it is. I'm like, an awesome game is now even better. Yeah. Um, the the touch screen touch screen stuff is still there. Good. And, and what about when you're playing on a TV? So that's the thing is, I was like, I I, I kind of switch back and forth. I'd say I was about halfway halfway here, halfway there, and uh, on the TV. There's no touchscreen, obviously, but you can use your Joy-Con or Pro Controller or whatever controller you're using as kind of a Wii remote type thing. Ah, so you're just pointing. So you're just pointing. It's a little weird. I don't recommend playing Captain Toad on the TV. Okay. Uh, I think it's way more at home on the in in handheld mode because the moment that you need, like, the cursor's always on the screen. Yeah. And it's there's like. If there's different shapes or whatever platforms you need to click on to mm-hmm. to make rise or fall, um, the thing blocking you is kind of distracting. And I think the worst thing is because the Joy Cons don't have the the Wii sensor bar and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. It just doesn't ever feel quite Price as good as okay. the the Wii when it had the Motion Plus. Mm, yeah. The original mm. Wii Mote still good, but yeah. it had some issues. Um, this kind of I. Sometimes I, I need to hold it in a weird angle to get it going where I want it. I was like, mm, I don't really like this. Just feels like it's not as polished in that part as you exactly. want it to it um, But yeah, in handheld mode, man, I'm all about it. It is a little weird, and the switch is a little heavy to be playing, moving the um, camera around with the right stick, then having to let go to touch it. Uh-huh. Holding it with one hand and also using touchscreen stuff can okay. get a little weird. Um, but if when I was just laying in bed, putting it on my lap, like then it was... Super intuitive and super awesome. So for for best friends that have never played Captain Toad, what's the hook? So if you've never played Captain Toad, I ask you: Have you played any of the the Go? Games, <laughs> I ask you this, sir. The the Go games on on mobile and uh, PSP and or PS Vita and um, did they ever come to Switch? No. And then on Vita, whatever. So Lara Croft. They're Go, on uh, PlayStation though too. I mean, and PS4, PS4 yeah, yeah, right, and Hitman yeah. Go. It's essentially like mini board games. Where there's specific paths you have to go down, things are happening, and every turn you, you do something, like enemies will move, and it's, a, it's a straight up just a puzzle game. You have to mm-hmm. figure out how to um, get through it all. There's just a, a star at the end you have to get to, and that's how you beat the level. But that's not really where the fun is. The fun is there's extra challenges on top of it of do it in three moves, do it in six moves, yeah. uh, avoid getting the the shy guys alerted and like play it super stealth or kill all the shy guys before you murder get the shy guys them. yeah um and then there's in every level there's three um things you need to collect and if you get them all like there's like normal mobile game rules where it's like you can three star the level but then there's usually like one more challenge mm-hmm. this has that the one more challenge one more challenge on top of that <laughs> and now the this version I, I don't think this was in the um the wii version this this must be new because it's based on Odyssey. It's like little pixel toads are hidden in every level. Okay. And so you need to find them, like, which just straight up where's Waldo style. Okay. And they'll be hidden in really interesting places. So it is just kind of looking at the full level and then kind of uh, using the camera to explore the the just the the full level and the nooks and crannies of it. But it's actually fun, unlike that horrible hospital game we talked about last week, it, right? Well, yes. Uh, okay. What was that? Disease uh, hidden disease object. Disease hidden object. Yeah, yeah. way yeah. better than disease hidden object. Yeah. Uh, it is fun, and then you just you just tap on the toad, and then you get the like toad seal of approval in your <laughs> little book. A lot of that noise, and it's actually that noise in eight bit. Oh, uh, nice. Sound. No, no wait, yeah. is it? Or is it where he's like? Toad. No, it's the okay. That, I can do that. It, it's when he. <laughs> I can do that. It, no, it's Mario Two Advanced Toad. Like the the where he's just yeah. like like an egg. You know that that whole thing. Oh, I just I can't. 
can't. I like Toad. He was. He's always been my favorite of the four to play in games. Really? Until he started talking. Hit him, my girl Peach. And then I Toadstool. Oh no, I like I like Peach. I like Princess Toadstool. But but Toad's great. Pick up those coins faster. Get more lives. Yeah. Got that short jump. He's playing on hard mode control. essentially. Oh, I think he's great. Which I appreciate. I, it. No, I'm I'm all about to Toad. But uh, Captain Toad draws from her lineage. There was a time when puzzle games didn't mean blocks falling down from the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, pre-1989, you had things like Lolo, for example, and then right after that, games like Shuman Fu or things like Kiko Cubicle and Pengo, and they were all about controlling a board and trying to make things happen and how things interacted there, almost through Goldbergish in a way. Captain Toad evokes that. Very much so, and the, the inspiration for Captain Toad and the, originally the minigame from um, Super Mario 3D World was the idea of those little miniature Japanese gardens, mm-hmm. like like whatever Nick has out there with the yeah little Zen garden, yeah the Zen garden type stuff. It's like that was the inspiration when you see it in every level, just kind of this little microcosm of mm-hmm. things going on. And I love that the game introduces new mechanics constantly, and then we'll just take them away, and you don't see them for another ten levels. Mm-hmm. But then they introduce it again with this next thing that you learned, and it never feels like a ah, this is like. Playing through a game and then the final boss is totally different than everything else. Yeah. You're constantly expecting to learn something new and like to see the same type of structure in a totally different way. And I think it's super satisfy- satisfying and I love it. And I'm taking my time going through wanting to get three stars or whatever, like through every single level. Um, they In this version, I didn't get to the, the new stuff yet, the Mario Odyssey levels that they added because yeah. that's like at the end of the game. And those bonus levels replace the bonus levels that the Wii U version had that was the original mini game in okay. uh, 3D World. That's fine. Those won't be missed. Um, but yeah, there's a lot a lot of content here and I'm having a great time going through it. The uh, the Where's Waldo thing um, where you just have to find a little toad. It's, it's really cool to me because hmm. uh, one of my favorite things about playing through Odyssey is the Mario franchise is one of my favorite franchises of all time, but I can't tell you the nooks and crannies of Sunshine's levels or Galaxy's levels the way that I can Mario 64's levels. There's just something about how they were set up and where they hid all the secrets and how they designed the challenges of like the six different stars and revisiting the same level over and over and over where it's just I wanted to be intimately familiar with everything that level had to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mario Odyssey did that for me in a way that yeah. I'd, I'd never expected I'd see again in a Mario game where every single level, I wanted to know where every moon was, where every yeah. single thing, every character to talk to, because they had something worth giving me. Yeah. Um, and the having to look at the even the Captain Toad levels, as small as they are, in a different way to f- like find where the pixel is, it's satisfying. And it's just like, especially when you do all the challenges back-to-back in one level before moving on to the next one, it's just cool because... So, I should have said this earlier. The uh, find pixel toad challenge is separate from going through you can't do it in the same run yeah that you're doing the the rest of the stuff oh okay okay yeah. hop back in and do it okay so it's like you need to to do everything you have to play every level twice and normally i hate that type of shit like i like being able to just complete it on once that's another reason i loved odyssey like more than 64 in some ways because 64 there was a lot of stars once you got them you were sent back um or all the stars um but i love playing through the level and then immediately having to play through it again to find toad and being so familiar with like the mechanics of well if i push this up that goes down and all that it makes it really fun to kind of be like oh 
I know where I think he is. Yeah. Like knowing how they they design this game, he's right. probably in here. And guess what? Nintendo's way smarter than me. They know I thought that, so it's not that. It's just always on a plan in there. So it's, it's not just, just a blind man. search. I love that's one of the best feelings in video games, though. I mean, I mean, why why we enjoy open world gaming is largely a matter of coming around that corner and finding or looking at things. I'll bet you there is something there. And the, I mean, one of my favorite memories of Breath of the Wild is climbing this immense mountain just because I saw an immense mountain. Mm -hmm. And it's before I had a lot of stamina, but I found a way to do it. And I climb and I climb and I climb and I am up over the world and I get to the top and there's just this single curved blade samurai sword sticking into the summit up there, stuck into the ground like I found nowhere else in the world. And I climb up and pull it out of the ground and look out over the vista of all of Hyrule. I'm like, I did it. Yeah. Being able to do that in a game as localized as Captain Toad, mm -hmm. that's really great design. That's impressive and rare. So that's you're really impressing me here. I, I cannot no, I, wait to I'm, see this. I'm all about it. And I'll be honest, I don't think that every level's uh, toads are hidden in the most ingenious places. Mm -hmm. Like there are some that I'm like, all right, well that, you were lazy on that one. Uh, <laughs> but like the, I'd say more often than not, I, I'm, I'm surprised by the, the amount of thought put into the game and how much fun I'm having replaying it, and it feels fresh. It feels like I'm doing it for the first time. So. I like the metal image now. Just some guys like Bob wants to go home at two in the morning. Yeah, so he's like, just fucking put him on, on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go home. Done. Oh man, are you, are you guys looking forward to playing Captain Toad at all? I, I am. Yeah, big time. Have, have you played before? Uh, we had done demos and stuff when we were at IGN for it. Where I, I it was like I was on. I don't think Let's Plays, but I think I did it at like Comic Cons and stuff like that. And I was always like, "This is awesome!" And then it came to Wii U, and I was like, "I hate my Wii U," and I refused to play it. Nice. So when it got announced here, I was totally like, "Yeah, 100 percent." I mean, but now it's on there, and it's like I see it on my my what, for lack of a better term, cross media bar. Yeah. I see it there, and it's like, well, Octopath, well, Fortnite, well, well Captain Toad, your time will come. Captain your time Toad, will come. Man. It's a game I'll devour portably, uh, piece yeah. by piece, puzzle by puzzle, yep. train ride by train ride. Mm -hmm. uh, this mm -hmm. is made for Switch for me, so yeah. yay. Captain Toad for Smash Bros. Let's do it, man. Jesus. Let's get him in there. Don't let him jump, though. Find ways around that. Oh, that'd be amazing uh, if he I couldn't think they're jump. Do I think they're going to oh, do it. Oh, that'd be great if he couldn't jump. I'm so mad Mega Man can duck. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Greg. Yeah. Fortnite Season 5. Just dropped this morning, and boy, have we been playing it. How much did we get excited for this? Nick Scarpino came into work at 9.02 a.m. to stream for it with us. We Andy, can we get you on the Capcom for this Andy's one? Andy's getting on the Capcom. Andy's getting on the Capcom. Hey, oh, yeah, get Sandy. Get the I got a sexy song for him. He's eating a chip instead of talking. Uh, yeah, so we were super excited for Fortnite Season 5. Obviously, all the teases, the real world stuff, Worlds Collide. It wasn't so much, I think, any of us were excited for... Oh man, worlds collide. The axe, all that shit is just like, man, new Fortnite content. I yeah. can't wait to see how the map changes. I can't see what they add. I was thinking more of like, I can't wait for the costumes they were going to put in there. But to wake up today and get a new battle pass, which is great enough, but then to see the golf carts that are there now and have it be, we were doing the stream and it's me driving with, you know, Kev, Nick, and Andy there, and we're just like going over all these hills. It's wait, so the, awesome. there's golf carts now? Yeah. There yeah. was shopping carts before, right? And right, but those were like, they were cheap. No, no they were put in and then taken out and then put back in because it was like, oh, wait, it was like a day or two where something mm. didn't work right. Here you go again. Okay. But that was very much like you're pushing a cart with your friend in it. You're getting a little bit of momentum where this is now. Vehicles. Hey, it's like, yeah, exactly. What PUBG's always had on them is the vehicles and everything else. And now, hey, you have vehicles here. Yeah, it, it felt like Christmas morning, really. Like, I, yeah, that's what you kept saying. Yeah, I could not wait. I could not wait to wake up and update the switch so much so that like at 2 a.m. I'm still on Twitter. And I start seeing all these drops, 
Let me turn on my switch. Get the update. Sure enough, yeah. update there. Let me update it. Uh, and yeah, woke up and the they they have a really clever way of not creating a whole new area to play in, right? Like mm -hmm. it's still the same island, but the way that they change certain areas is now a desert biome, which used to be Moisty Mire, the bottom right side, which used to be a swamp, is essentially now just a big De desert yeah, biome. Yeah. Uh, like Anarchy a Acres is gone, now it's just a Anarchy pool Acres, and country uh, club kind of thing. Is, uh, is a golf cart. Is a golf of course. Now, yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, and uh, on top of a mountain, I forgot when we were flying, there's a big Viking ship that has, you know, worlds collided. Been displaced from through these little like, coral rips. Is Power Man Five Thousand playing at all? No. no I wish. Are you ready for world? Um, there, the, there are portal rifts in the world that if you run into them, they drop you from really high up. <laughs> and so you random. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't know if they're random like we've seen them in our game and uh, Kevin ran through or no then some kids are running through and they were all popping up in the same place so I don't know uh, if that's every time I don't know if it's if it's random with a map but once you figure out in a map is you're done so yeah. might or, be you know, utilize them for traversal when you exactly know, yeah, 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 yeah yeah I think so um, yeah but the golf cart was really fun um, the I they did fix a crucial bug which is known as not a bug but it's sort of a cheesing. People cheese the system, and it's called the double pump shotgun move. Where a good old the, double pump. You, gotta, you love a good it double takes pump. You to, to fire off a second shot with the pump shotgun. So what people do is they equip two of them. You fire one, you switch to the next weapon, you shoot the other one. It's like back in Halo Two with yeah, the fun. That's what he was talking about. Yeah. Thing I brought up, yeah. <laughs> so they they fixed that, which is awesome. There now you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can shoot a shotgun shell from another shotgun that you own. Which is just the best. I'm so glad they fixed that. Yeah. People took advantage of it insanely. Yeah. So the changes they made to the map, is there a method to the madness in terms of like the story or like does it make sense at all? And all or did they just kind of take the hey, these are the sections people don't really like. Let's try to make them better. I, I see both of it really. I, I what I'm assuming is they looked at areas that they can improve on and just figured out interesting ways to sort of bring in new biomes and new sort of mm. environments. Sort of yeah, I think the worlds collide and the cracks and the way they're using like spatial uh, separation and like th things being teleported in and out. I think that's what their explanation is story wise. And I think, yeah, but behind the hood, I'd have to or under the hood, I should say. I think it's just like I, this. I know it's just my own, but like we never, ever dropped it moisty. Yeah. Like we always stayed away because there wasn't much over there. So I'm yeah, sure it was like walk really slow through there and so i'm sure they mm, i'm sure yeah. epic sees all that data of like what's not being used appropriately shit no Let's one's dropping there like yeah, a Fortnite yeah. heat map yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah to see where you're gonna put you somewhere else the other question i got for you is like you played a lot of halo back in the day and it's like when new maps came out that was super exciting but it's like you always still wanted to be able to go back and play older maps and it's exciting when they read skin things and bring them back in halo 3 and all that do you think people now that we're kind of in this new era of first-person shooter or third whatever shooter design and this battle royale stuff do you think people are going to miss the old map or do you think that this is where we're at now where it's like hey this is an ever evolving like game and like we're not going to miss the old map i see people missing the old map sure. hmm. yeah. there was a there was a on the fortnite battle royale uh, subreddit last night there was a video a guy made of he went to every location in his character and waved goodbye to it just in case it was going to be gone and I mean, granted, that's being, you know, I'm sure he's being cheesy with it and goofy, but it's like, I'm sure that, yeah, people are going to, I like my, today when Andy's like, let's, let's drop it. What, what's Anarchy Anarch Anarch Acres called now? What is it called? Uh, uh, 
golf course something or whatever? Uh, yeah, the links. Lucky, lucky links. Lucky links. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. But it was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, fuck. I dropped at Anarchy all the time. Like, that was where I dropped the most to go into that back house and get through the roof and come. You know what I mean? And like, so I don't like miss it. But in a season or two, when whatever, for whatever reason, they flip it back and Anarchy's there and Greasy Grove changes or something. Like, okay. I think it's the same thing where people um, gravitate and still play. There was that big outcry when they took away the, the original vanilla WoW servers. I feel like that's sort of that thing where people will prefer the old one just for nostalgia sake yeah. or whatever. Um, but no, it's just, I don't know. I think Epic's doing an incredible job of finding a new way to keep it refreshing. Yeah. And I think this season five dropping seems to be the biggest the game has been. And just in terms of, obviously, it's a huge game, right? And in the public sort of. Uh, the public knowledge of this game is that it is like everybody's playing it, everybody's addicted to it. But I think this felt like Halo 2 came out. Mm-hmm. This mm. felt like Destiny or Destiny 2 was coming out. Like, this felt like a huge event. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been great so far. How much of that do you think is due to it now being on Switch, now being everywhere? And how much do you think it's just due to Fortnite is I th- I think huge. it's just the public knowledge. I don't think it's necessarily Switch. I think it's... Um, people finally coming around and giving in and then realizing, oh, season five is dropping. What is season five? It seems like a big deal. People won't shut up about it. Yeah. What is it? And they see all these skins. They see all these leaks. Um, yeah. I think it's it's almost like chicken and egg, I think, with the Switch yeah. thing, where I don't think Switch is like the reason it's at fever pitch, but then I also do think it is, if that makes sense, where I, I feel like for you in particular, right, like, the f- fucking Nick Kevin and me today, Joey on Twitter. Like, you know, I don't know if Switch if Switch hadn't happened, I don't think I'd be playing it right now. I don't think we'd care as much. I don't I, think we'd be talking about it right now necessarily. I'm not sure we'd be talking about it. I've talked about this before, but I really do believe that more than anything else, the fact that this game is free and resonates sure, with of course, kids yeah, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not try- trying to say. Oh that, no, no, okay. I wasn't wasn't trying to to implicate you or to Talking indicate that you did. Um, Thanks, Cool Greg. Sorry. I just think that, that when we're talking about that cultural event to season yeah. five. Some of it may just be that if you're going to have anything to talk about at the lunch table with the other eight-year-olds sure. oh, for yeah, the next yeah, month, yeah, yeah. then you download season five. Because if you don't, you're not part of what's going on anymore. Yeah. And since it's free, and since you either own a phone or a PS4 or a Switch or a PC, somewhere in your household, you're playing it. Yeah. And maybe more than anything people like us can do, that's what's really moving it. I, I've just, I haven't seen a game like this resonate with kids since Minecraft and yeah. this one's designed to instead of them sit and talk about their builds or their little private servers this is about a hundred of them playing at once I think it's inescapable if I was a kid right now there'd be no way I didn't play Fortnite if I didn't like Fortnite I would pretend oh to sure like yeah totally. <laughs> totally you'd have to pretend to like Fortnite yeah, it really right feels now. like Halo back in the day yeah. and it was just the thing that everybody did and then eventually Call of Duty became that it's crazy. I, I really do wonder what the ceiling is for it. Like, you know what I mean? How much, where does the hype and excitement and energy run out on it? Yeah. But, What's like, I face, think. When's the Facebook going to come to kill the MySpace? You know? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just, it's, you know, such a perfect timing for them on so many ways of just like i think the way switch did prime a lot of gamers out there and keep get it back into a lot of people's hands or into ha- people's hands and then have it drop here you know whatever it was 30 days after switch 
give or take. I like but, the analogy Tim used there, but the question there was PUBG the MySpace. Yeah, I think I mean, PUBG the, was the Zanga. Okay, so you know, the Zanga. Like, All yeah, right. PUBG, like, I was just the, hey, the social media is a thing. But then okay. it, it took MySpace to come and be like, <laughs> yeah. no, but really, though. But then Facebook happened. Yeah. What you song know? played on your MySpace page when you started it? <laughs> My own shit, dude. Your own stuff? Hell no yeah, kidding. Dude. Hell yeah. Where do we find those Tim Diddy's originals? What's up? And my boot, and my boot from Usher. Speaking of Halo, I've been playing a lot of Halo Five. Yeah, back in that. It's great. It's so much fun. Like I, I fell out just because you know whatever Halo. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what else they can show me. Um, but it feels so goddamn good to play. It just, it, it's like riding a bike again, Craig. Yeah. They have this awesome mode called Super Fiesta mode. Which Super Fiesta. Been there since day one, but this is all new to me. I'm everybody's probably like, oh, fucking you fucking idiot, Andy. Yeah. So Super Fiesta is just like. It's 4v4, or no, 5v5, either one. Um, but it, you just spawn with a random weapon, and there's like 48,000 fucking weapons in this goddamn <laughs> They have like, they have the new battle rifle, the Halo 2 battle rifle. Oh, really? New pistol, the Halo 1 pistol, mm. it's everything. And you just sort of, and there's so many maps too, where you're either playing a new map, or you're playing an HD version remake of Hang 'em High, or Rat Race from the earlier Halo games. But then you'll play a new map that's like, Oh, this is kind of like midship, and then they'll straight up have you play Ascension or like an old Halo. That's game. awesome. Mm, neat. It's insane and really fun, and uh, and they also do this thing where similar to God, what game am I thinking of? I can't think of the game. But Stubs the zombie. <laughs> no, they have a seasonal sort of content where it's like for three weeks at a time. Oh, like I guess like Fortnite, where it's like they have fifty v fifty mode mm. or TV squad mode or whatever. The, uh, Halo will do like, hey, we have a Halo 3 playlist mode, and it, it, it's all BRs, it's all battle rifles. Mm. Um, or they'll do shoddy snipes mode for a couple weeks, and then once that's done, they'll move on to uh, whatever the fuck, rockets only. You know, like yeah. they have all these sort of cool ways to kind of bring you back and kind of get you interested in the game. When that's it comes awesome. to, to Super Fiesta mode, is it the randomness that drives, draws you in? Like, yeah, because yeah. Uh, the thing about Super Fiesta is you. Generally, me and my, my brother and my friends aren't as good as the people playing. Okay. Um, but Super Fiesta, you could spawn with a rocket a whole bunch. Okay. And feel and sort of have that advantage. Um, or, you, you know, you spawn with a sniper and it's game over for the other team. Hell yeah, dude. Do you play, uh, rifle. Do you play Smash Brothers with items on? Uh, no, but if I want to have fun, I'll do Pokeball only. Uh, you gotta play, see, you're, you're halfway there. You're almost there. Smash Brothers with items on is a Super Fiesta of Smash Brothers. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's fun, yeah. Random. It's a lot of fun. It's random. It's fun. Yeah. Right. Have you played with Finnegan at all? Halo yeah. 5? He plays like every night. Really? Yeah. That man loves him some you, Halo you 5. You should hit him up. Yeah. Oh, I'll be so bad, though. He'll help you. He's supposedly really good. I don't trust him ever, but... I heard, don't trust, I heard don't a reliable trust rumor that he has Master Chief's helmet tattooed on his right buttock. I, I can confirm that is not true. I believe it. All right. You've been looking at his uh, Kevin, it's your time. Big Kev, no! Another game came out on Switch on this beautiful Thursday, July 12th. Bomb Chicken. Did Bomb it come chicken. out? Or is it embargoed? I'm 99. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm just double sure. checking. I'm just yeah, making yeah, yeah. sure. Because I remember that the three Switch games are coming out on the same day, July okay. 12th. Okay. Okay. Oh, if it's out, then it's out. Sure. I just I don't remember reading it on Games Daily today. Get on that shock mic. Double check real quick. I'm on it. Go ahead and sit down. So what we can't talk about for sure is Bomb Chicken Hold is a game. Hold off on any in-depth coverage yeah. until July 12th. Launch bomb, on July 12th. Okay. Bomb Chicken yeah, uh, bomb is a game chicken. that Kevin exists. and I played. 
at GDC. And, yeah. Uh, during the Nindies event. Yeah. And we really, were all about really it. Really enjoy the demo. It was a lot of fun. Puzzle platformer where yeah. you're this fucking chicken. You're just going through. Yep. And you're then this fucking chicken. chicken. It's like, it's just. You move with the analog or D-pad, and then it's one button. One button. Any button you hit, any button. It lays a bomb. If you let the bomb explode, Metroid rules. You kind of bounce around with it. Ooh, fuck. You can like stack the bombs. You can have up to. Wait, what do you mean, Metroid rule? If it, the, the bomb things, it bounces you. No, it doesn't. Okay, you, you, you've been playing more than yeah, I. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like an egg where you, you like you lay an egg, and you're now on top of it. So if you immediately drop six, like you've put yourself higher, mm. and then you can run to the platform that you want to get to. But you gotta go get away from them because they will explode and kill you. Another thing you can do is like lay a bunch of, uh, you know, drop a bunch of bombs, go to the left and kick it, and like that'll shoot it off to whatever side you kick it to. So it's not like Explosion Man where you're being propelled by your own explosions. It's totally It's the opposite of what I yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. So we were super all about it. Super all about it. it. I could not wait to get my hands on it. It looks like a Kevin ass game yeah, where it's yeah. like a lot it had of little environment fun puzzles. puzzles. Like, how you get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Now, it's it's more of a platformer than I thought it would be, and mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, I got these dumb fucking useless fat fingers <laughs> that just won't do what I want them to. So I, I like I played it for a solid like two, maybe even four hours. Uh, I was trying my hardest to get into it, but I couldn't. Mm. Some about it, like it just I'm not enjoying not it as nearly as much as I did with the short demo that we did, where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is awesome. I you know actually I don't know if I even played the demo. I think I just watched you, and I was like, mm. oh, I want to do that. But yeah, it, it's too much of a platformer for me. Yeah, see, I'm Whereas, a platformer guy. No, I, yeah, puzzles, I'm down with, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. definitely on the. The, the puzzles are side. all very simple. Like you're not using your noggin as much as I'd want to. Is this mm. all but about the is, hand-eye coordination? Exactly. Okay. The the puzzles that I encountered were more like, okay, throw throw the bombs to break the rock little like because there's little cracked squares where mm-hmm. you're like, all right, so you, you can push bombs on them, hit them, and now you got to time it. So that like this saw that's like rotating around that you can jump over it and as it does another loop go through the hole and I'm just I'm terrible at like platforming. This sounds like my jam. This sounds like my jam right here. Yeah, I think you might like it. You should try. You should try. I play this. So that's the things. Do you still recommend it to people to give it a shot? Not if you like the kind of games that I you know like the kind of puzzle games that I'm always pushing for. I I played. Two to four hours of it, I don't know that I'll play it again. Mm. So, yeah. What's a, what's a good comparison for a puzzle game that you'd hope that would be like, Kevin, just to give me an idea of the, the kind of game you're uh, I mean, about I don't there. know, like Death Squared where it's, okay. or, mm. or like Snake Pass where it's like, all right, the controls might be tricky, but once you get the hang of it, it is about like trying to figure out how do I swing this, you move this character in a certain way where I can get into this part. Death Squared is a good one. It is yeah. very, it's very similar to like if you combine Death Squared with, uh, um, almost Celeste, I would say, but a way simpler mm-hmm. Celeste. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I like that idea a lot because I have like a shriveled raisin where that part of my brain is, where you're supposed to solve puzzles. Yeah. So this this may be a very good game for me. Yeah. Actually, Captain, you, you want to play a little bit of right now? Bring a, it over. What? Bring it over here yeah. right now? No, I'm not good at talking right. and playing right. at the same right. time. We thank you, Kev, and we be playing. And we be talking. Uh, we be next playing. game. There's there's two games here that we're going to talk about back to back. 
Back to back. Old games. <laughs> that uh, we just fucking should have been playing a lot more of. Number uh, one. Oh, yeah. Rocket League. Sure. Oh. Of course. So, if, full disclosure, we, we are obviously teaming up with Psionics. They're, they hired us to come host their Rocket League third uh, birthday party down at Petco Park. If you're in San Diego for Comic-Con, it's Thursday, 3 to 9 p.m. It's free, open to the public. You should come hang out. It's kind of funny. It's Xavier Woods. It's a whole bunch of cool people doing cool things. It's Thursday, July 19th? Correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's Angie's yeah, birthday. Oh. Bring her down. Wow, San Diego. Lovely this time of year. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, obviously, we're doing the thing, so we did a party mode that's up on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games right now, and that was like part of the deal, right? Of yeah. like, we're doing this, we're gonna do all this stuff. Well, uh, it's not part of the deal. Let's talk about the games. Fucking love that game. Yeah, and it, <laughs> be like, why don't we play it more? And that's the thing about it. Why I put it on the list because uh, we did the the party mode, and it was that thing of like. Fuck, we played, we, we I remember a long, 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 long time ago, we did a, a, a Twitch Let's Play of Rocket League three months or so before it came out. Mm -hmm. It was uh, me, Colin, Dunham, Doug Perry, you guys came in, Nick and Tim, you played with us and stuff. And we had such a great time. And that was really the one that said it for me of like, I fucking love Rocket League. I can't wait to play more Rocket League. And the story goes that Rocket League came out and it was that PlayStation Plus game. We were at an event, came back, uh, I downloaded it and started playing online and everybody was so much better than me. So mm. I was just getting curb stomped left and right. And I was like, all right, boat passing me by. This isn't a game for me anymore. And of course, you know, at IGN, we covered all the DLC and stuff. I remember when they put the Batman v Superman cars in there, yeah. the fact they've never stopped. The game's been a runaway success. I don't need to recap any of that. So it sounds stupid for us to be like, man, what a great game. But it was one I think we wrote off as it will never be good at. Yeah. And when it came to Switch, I made, I was like, man, basically what what is happening with us in Fortnite now and what will happen with smash i'm like this is awesome we should all get it and we should play it at the you know at the end of the days and stuff and yada 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 and we got codes and we downloaded it and i didn't touch it until we were getting ready warmed up for the, where i needed to play and get, get my wits about me again team fat flags and rocket league of course go get it um and so yeah we did all the sponsored stuff but it was i wanted to talk about it here not as not part of the sponsorship because you know obviously we tell you uh just like holy shit goddamn we need to play more of that game yeah because it was so much fucking fun watching y'all play that party mode uh, you were screening at the yeah. end of the day i don't think i've ever seen you all have more fun I, I you were just you were giddy it's that thing of i think if we to jump online in rocket league is similar to jump online in Fortnite of uh, not know what you're doing you're yeah. gonna get clowned out and it's gonna be a pain in the butt right but to sit down with your friends who are all equal footing for the most part right yeah. even though andy could not figure out how to fucking jump and twirl like i'm telling him over and over again yeah uh that was such a great time and seeing us all figured out and seeing it go from me and Nick winning that first match dominating to you, me to and, you Andy, and yeah. Andy coming like dominating you, you, you guys, figured yeah. it, it out. It clicked for me and I'm like, oh, I can fucking do and this. By the, we, you know, we did the one party mode and then it was it's the rare occasion where we did the one party mode and at the end Kevin was like, oh, fuck. There's no audio on. The, the video's corrupted. The video's corrupted. Right. And I'm and not going to know for spent, two hours. We spent an hour making the party mode and it was so fun and so good and yeah. then the video got corrupted and we're like fuck it was a busy day we had to play it again well, we did an ex what did we do we did something in between it right didn't we do another uh, podcast or something we did an MCU interview right in between wow. XCU, yeah. XCU interview yeah. that's a long and then we came that. back to do party mode and then again and it was like fuck we have to do it again and it was like we were tired as hell but it was also like so, so what happened was we went back we're like we have to re-record it so we recorded it again and maybe 10 minutes in Kevin's like Hey, I fixed the corruption. We we're good. We don't need to keep going. And we all caught him. We're like, yeah. Well, let's just do another. Let's do another. You know what I mean? And it's just like, <laughs> it's the same thing of 
Fortnite really where I can just see where I could yeah. totally lose myself to that game where mm-hmm. it was as soon as it was done like yeah you know I, we, I was driving the DeLorean I had my team fat flag not on the DeLorean because you can't do that but like I, you know, but it was that thing of like fuck I never bought the Batmobile I should go buy the Batmobile mm-hmm. like wait am I huh, what is my real commitment to Rocket League going forward is this going to be a thing we play as an office because if so then fuck yes let's go get everything Rocket League is an arcade game it yeah. is, uh, we live in an age where very few new arcade games are made and even fewer are ever featured. Fundamentally, that's a four-player multiplayer arcade game. Uh, it's the kind of thing that in, an, in a parallel universe is standing in some mall in 1994 with four linked cabinets and people yeah, yeah. are playing it. You can understand what you're supposed to do in seconds, but and the controls are as simple as you can possibly, possibly imagine. And yet... You can play it for, as some people do, thousands of hours. That yeah. is a rare, beautiful thing in gaming. Yeah. And and the fact that you found a way to get over that hump, that barrier of entry you've talked about, yeah. that's extraordinary. Well, was I, fasc- I love Rocket League. Was I'm not fa- any good at it, but I love it. Exactly. And what was fascinating about us playing it is, and you can see it in the party mode, where it's learning to walk, mm-hmm. where I'm... I, I'm not using the follow ball cam. Not that I'm saying I'm better than you guys. But I'm like, I'm doing the thing where I'm like, I'm going back in the field, playing the ball, moving up on it, jumping as the ball descends, and I go to what would be, a, and I go underneath it, and it's like, oh man, once I get the timing down yeah. on that one, it, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was like it, you watch that thing, and it is a bunch of this. You know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. and I do it on scores even where mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to get it. And it's like, man, it's all just a second off. And you can see where you can narrow those gaps and fucking start nailing it. I, and even besides things like that, because like that, I feel like none of us actually got mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. even hit that point. Like I would say like the, the walking analogy is good, but it's like I feel like we're still. Oh, just we're still totally to crawl. crawling. We're crawling. Uh, but it's like learning the not even just the kind of momentum and physics of how you move, but also just the different things you can do. Like, all right, I could hit the ball or I could just jam into Nick and blow him up yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, to yeah. stop him from going. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's that type of strategy where I'm like, this is really freaking cool. And also that wonderful emergent idiosity because even failure can be fun in Rocket League yep. when you have something like Andy blocking his own shot, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, I mean, that, that you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. And, and yes, it's dumb and you get mad at yourself, but at the same time, you're like, that was my fault. This is a skill-based game. I yeah. didn't get screwed there. I screwed myself. Yep. That means I can get better. Yep, yeah, exactly. Really cool. Exactly. So in the next game, it's a weird one to be bringing up on this show. Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS. That's right. There we <laughs> go. That's, that's where it gets weird. Jared, well, why? So I had to go to L.A. Uh, last week to do an interview for uh, for IGN. And I got a chance to meet Yuji Hori, which was awesome. And I'll be writing about that later for, for IGN. But in the course of that trip, I reached for my Switch. And I said, no. And I grabbed my 3DS. And I stuck Super Crazy Smash person. Brothers in it and took it along with me. And now, which 3DS are you playing on? Okay, I was playing on a 3DS XL, my big pink XL. Not a new one. Not a no- new. So you don't, you don't even have the nub. I don't even have the nub. Ugh. So, yeah, I know. And that's actually what was, it had been a long time since I had played that. And sitting there trying to do the smashes with the circle pad. And I was delighted to discover that it was way better. I'd always enjoyed it. But I was delighted to discover that I slipped right back in. And it had been a long time since I played. I did not get to play Smash Brothers at E3 this year. Uh, I was at a point that whole time, so I never got to touch it. And I was like, I cannot wait for this game. But I was grabbed by how well implemented it was, even with those limited controls. And really what it did was just wet my appetite. I wanted to take my Switch with me, but I couldn't play Smash Brothers on it. And that's what I found myself thinking the whole yeah. time. It's like, this is great. They did so well within these limitations. 
I cannot wait for this winter. I just can. Can we just fast forward the next few months? I've said it a million oh, yeah. times, but Sakurai is definitely my favorite game director of all time. Mm-hmm. The love and care that he puts into his games is just on a totally different level. And the fact that Smash Bros. 3DS exists is a testament to that. I'm sure there was meetings in Nintendo that were like, you know what? We can't just put it out on Wii U. That will not do enough. Um, me being the type of person I am, I looked up sales numbers for Super Smash Bros. Wii U and 3DS last night just so I had an idea. And uh, total, we're looking at uh, about... Um, it's going to hit 15 million by the end of the year. The 3DS version still is selling about 80k units. Oh wow! Um, like consistently, like mm-hmm. every, every month or whatever. And uh, when you break that down, I think that uh, 10 million of them were 3DS sales, and the yeah. rest was Wii U, which was still a crazy attach rate for for how Wii, few U, Wii U. Yeah, uh, systems were sold. Um, and there was a recent era thread about what how many copies is smash ultimate going to sell on switch mm-hmm. and it's like it is kind of crazy because the last number was adding two together but when you look at smash each iteration of the game has sold a lot more yeah. than the last and the thread that was brought up was like is this going to sell 25 million units I've, which has previously been reserved for mario kart type numbers yeah i think it will in the long run i think we're looking at several so years too. from now but yeah. i think it will absolutely I definitely think uh, that it will. this is this is going to be a game that launches the second wave of of uh um, Switch uh, ownership, I think. This mm-hmm. is going to be a must Well, that and Pokemon, yeah, let's exactly. go Pikachu and Eevee. But I think people that own one are going to own the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, not totally. entirely invariably, but I think you're going to have like 70% overlap between mm-hmm. those two groups of people. These are going to be games that people just have to have them when they experience them. I was also really impressed looking at that. It had been a while since I picked it up by it. In, Nintendo just must have the best engineers on the planet Earth. <laughs> that game shouldn't exist. There should be smoke coming out of my 3DS. Yes. To make that thing function. No ice climbers. Yeah. I, no, I think about like Mario Kart 8 and how great it looked on Wii U and how it looked in many ways better than most PS4 and Xbox uh, One games that were coming out contemporaneously with it. And now I look at this on, on my 3DS and I'm like, I can't wait to see how perfect mm-hmm. this is going to be when they have the power of a Switch behind it. I never really loved the look of the 3DS Smash, but I, I, I agree with what you're saying because like adding the black outline to the characters, it's mm-hmm. like that is a perfect example of them understanding they can't just have the exact same game on the 3ds's small screen with like the look the 3ds has um and also just changing the levels and having it be like again going back to sakura just being like so extra with everything like i love how the 3ds levels were different for the most part than the wii u levels and they were based on handheld games instead of being based on console games and just like little things like that are just like so awesome i do say i i do believe that the game would the Wii U version would have been better if the 3DS one didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it would have sold as much, and we wouldn't be where we're at now getting Smash Ultimate with all the characters. I back. don't think there's a universe where they didn't make the 3DS one because they had such an install base at that point around the 3DS when they did it. I think the decision was made earlier than the Wii U's failure, mm-hmm. like that they looked already just went, we are going to do this on both platforms. You also had wonderful things like the fact that I could just pick up a 3DS at IGN one day when there was a five-player game of Smash going on, and suddenly it was a six-player game of Smash because I could literally use the thing as a controller. That mm-hmm. was you know, that was a weird feature. But it was weird. It was rad. It worked great. <laughs> yeah. It worked great. It worked. You're there. You're in. I mean, you want to play an eight-player game of Smash? You got some 3DSs laying around at work. The biggest on. problem, and you said this earlier, but the Smash is just not made for the control scheme of the 3DS. Yeah. And even the new 3DS, like had that little weird C-stick nub thing, like, it's still not good. I can, I can deliver a Smash with it, though. I yeah. Mean, I can, and this that's, thing is like, it, the 3DS game, I've played that for countless hours. I probably put 50 hours into the 3DS match, let alone the Wii U one. And it's like, man, knowing the ultimate's coming, 
I can't fucking wait, baby. Yeah. Let's go. You got three more games here. Yeah. This is the Jared Petty mobile game section. <laughs> Jared Petty's Let me know mobile games. What the fuck he is broke cool slide story? Yeah, all right. So I need to start sending these to you a few days before so you guys can play so I'm not just preaching about these games. Uh -huh. um, so I'll be quick. It's a Kerosoft game, Kerosoft. Uh, uh, yeah, and you, you know the Kerosoft. Game right? Dev Story? Exactly, Game Dev Story. And I've talked about some That's of their other stuff on here. That's a pool slide story. Now Wait, is it pool side or pool slide? Pool slide story. Okay. Am I All running right. a water park in this? You are. Downloading now. <laughs> <laughs> are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> it's Kerosoft. It's five bucks. It's a premium download. No in-app purchases. You get the whole game right off. Build a water park. That's the game. It's Kerosoft, so it's a perfect. I was gonna say you need to know. Yeah. No, uh, sirens, sirens are on our end, by yeah, the way. Those sorry. are sirens, not yours. We'll wait for those to go by here and then continue. But yeah, Kerosoft makes sim type games. It's like, hey, here's a budget and here's some visitors and lay out a little park oh my and build God, some stuff. It's adorable. It's so good. They're colorful. They're simple. They're wonderful, and uh, they do it better than anybody. Support this kind of game, folks. It's a quality game for five dollars, and it doesn't beg you for any I'm money. I'm bad at supporting Kairosoft because you always bring on stuff, and I like I, I I loved 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 Game Dev Story. Input. It's probably my most. That's uh, a bold thing to say, I guess. Probably my well, no. It's one of my most played mobile games of all time. Yeah. Like in terms of a phone game, you know it's what I mean? It's so good. And so yeah, the fact that I haven't picked up every game since then is kind of embarrassing to me, and it shows that I am a man without character. Dungeon Village is really good if you haven't. You know, I don't, but that, that. That, that right there, like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Where it's like, dun game dev, yeah, dungeon, man, no. pools, yeah, pools. yeah. Exactly. Doing my pool slide story, sure. I'm Building all about that. Water slide. And it's great. You put like the snow cone stand up. That, and that you, was the image I saw, yeah, right? Exactly. Of like, you have a food court running. I'm like, uh, yeah. And that's all there is to that one. And that's actually all I was going to talk about. Perfect. Honestly. Well, so, you got it. You, know, we'll just, you just got him a sale. So good Tim's, job. Since Tim's gone, I'm going to move down to the next one here. Um, my next one is Atomic Bomber. This is another premium game. It's a dollar. Okay. Uh, it's a 99 cent game. No in-app purchases. So Atomic Bomber looks like it was drawn in like worse than MS Paint. I, okay. I, and down to the thumbnail, which is just, just absolutely awful. Oh, what do you got? Oh, you got the music going on? Cool last story, everybody. It's so much fun. Kairosoft games are, they're so delightful. It's like they come from some magical fairyland. so heaven. adorable. Yeah, this is great. We just started talking about Atomic Bomber. Okay, uh, Atomic Bomber. Yeah, which. Give me the pitch. Uh, it's absolutely fugly. It's 99 cents. Oh, is it's, this the one you were showing me? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's a premium download. And I was talking earlier about arcade games. It's an arcade game. Yeah. Uh, it's similar to an old DOS game called, uh, called Baron uh, that you used to find on like really old DOS computers. But. You're a bomber, you're flying around, you're blowing stuff up on a map, that's it. You're fast, it has perfect touch controls, ridiculously good touch control, very responsive. Games take a few minutes, it's just fun. It looks ugly as all and it is so Whoever designed thoughtfully. it, colorblind as all hell, has yep. no idea of color theory. But you can see everything. Like everything is very clear. You can see what you're supposed to shoot at, you can see what you're supposed to do. You're blowing stuff up on the ground, it's shooting back. You're picking up power up super fast. You get more. You get ridiculously powerful really fast. But the game ramps up difficulty really mm. fast. You're dropping atomic bombs and cluster bombs and dodging under missiles. And there's this cool system where guys are shooting down from the ground at you, and you can see the missile arcing towards you. But you can see the line from the radar station. And so you have to. They're faster than you, but just slightly. So you got to mm. destroy the radar station before the missile gets to you while you're avoiding tank fire, but watching out for MIG swiping down while dropping 17 bombs and two nukes at the same time. Atomic and bomber, man. It's great. It also has a little A-10 like DLC mode built in that's free mm -hmm. where you're running around just shooting guns at things. It is a great time waster. It, Desert Golf 
is desert golfing. Pardon me, not desert golf. That's a different game. Desert golfing is an odyssey. Mm-hmm. This is a great way to spend three minutes. Cool. Uh, and just pick up. It's, I, I can't recommend that enough for being like stuck at a bus stop. Mm-hmm. It's just a great little game. Perfect for phones. And then finally, Angular Velocity. Angular, Angular Velocity. Angular Velocity I just started. It's by the same guy that made Atomic Bomber. That's how I found it. It's just as ugly. It's a game about a soccer ball with a built-in grappling hook. Um, okay. You tilt the phone to cause the ball to roll one way or the other. You tap the screen to fire your grappling hook, and you try to get to the goal. Okay. It's great. It's Again, <laughs> it's a dollar... It's no in-app purchases, and it's another wonderful, creative, ugly video game. Yeah. And everyone on Earth should own this and Atomic Bomber. Well, check it out, guys. The Jared Petty seal of approval. Yep. And speaking of mobile games, it's time, ladies and gentlemen. This week, it's time. Oh, I left my laptop. (laughs) Oh, you want to go grab that? We've been doing this uh, little game that Jared Petty came up with called Mobile Game or Bullshit. Uh, Did you guys do it last week without me? We did. How'd it go? Uh, Kevin beat the shit out of me. Wow. I'm yet to win this. I want uh, to get a piece of paper as I was told. This week, or last week, no, let me let me take a couple steps back. This all started with mobile game or bullshit. Then, last week, we did mobile game or Silicon Valley startup. This week, we are doing mobile game or erotic novel on Amazon. That's right. That's the game. And I mobile cannot wait for or this. Or erotic novel on and Amazon. And let's give a shout out to Justin Dean, who wrote our theme song for mobile game or bullshit. Hold on, let me make we sure. Have we have a theme song. Well, remember, I sang it on episode one. And then, uh, yeah, Justin Dean actually made it into a real song. It's Okay, we. It's yes, one of those things where I, when I podcast, I forget. Justin Dean is one of Justin them? Oh, Dean. Thank you, Justin. Oh, Justin man. Dean at Jangleboy underscore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How did it sound on your end? Because we want it. We want to play it every time. I feel like giving you guys more work of playing something seems stressful. But playing, it, huh? It was gritty. Well, I, I think if we got Kevin it, if we in give his hands, him, he'd be good. Okay, cool. Yeah. We might even be, you know, if we could find some animation, it could become a graphic. We could well, drop right, it let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? right. We, I don't, the name bars barely come up as is, and they're uh, seventy percent of the time they're <laughs> right, I guess, thirty percent wrong. Hold on, so I remember. Uh, I, so last one, time, last time, the victor first first game, you were perfect. Perfect game. You have not yet missed a question no. on this. Second time around, yeah. You defeated, yeah, you lost to Kevin. So you haven't won Kevin. a game here yet, Tim. No. I hope some of the I'm best friends. For a w, man. We probably need a scoreboard. I mean, otherwise, these episodes are going to be lost to history. Yeah, I'm maybe sure there's someone a, out there will figure it out. Start it on the subreddit. Yeah, maybe start it on the subreddit. Keep a keep a scoreboard for uh, mobile gamer bullshit. All right, I got so excited by this one. I was having so much fun with this topic, with uh, this theme of uh, mobile game or erotic Amazon novel. Around not only Amazon that I actually we're doing it, we're stretching it to seven <gasps> here today. Wow! I've also we added this last week, Greg. There mm-hmm. are descriptions for every game. Oh wow! Now these games are either from these descriptions are either from their real description on the App Store, okay, or I've made them up. Okay, all right. Of course, yeah. If it's an erotic right. novel, you had to make it up. All right. So here's the first one. Is it love, Drogo Vampire? Is it love? Drogo Vampire. Is that an erotic novel on Amazon or is it a mobile game? Do I get the description first or I get it after? The description is you may even be able to tame his destructive character and discover in him a passionate lover. 
What's the what's the theme here? All right, so who's going first? I'm gonna say erotic novel. You say erotic novel on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Greg Miller. Oh, fuck. Now, any, so when we're saying erotic novel, are these like Amazon submissions included, or is it has to be like published and it comes? These in are a- like these are like things that you can buy on the Kindle store or buy on Amazon. They might be print published. They might be Kindle directs. But they're they're erotic fiction that you can purchase. Can I hear the game description one more time? Is it love, Drogo Vampire? You may even be able to tame his destructive character and discover in him a passionate lover. Fuck. I'm gonna say it's erotic as well. Erotic novel. Okay, erotic novel for both of you. Are we going to the end this time? Yeah, 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 remember come back then. Number two. Number two. Moan with Bigfoot (laughs) Mega Collection. Moan with Bigfoot Mega Collection. All five episodes of the Moan with Bigfoot interactive novel series now available together, plus exclusive sensual Sasquatch DLC. Fuck. I'm saying that's erotic novel. Fuck. See, here's the thing. I also think it's an erotic novel because... The Mega Collection makes it sound like a game, so I feel like you're trying to play me. Yeah. And I feel like they wouldn't say DLC in the description. So are you saying erotic? So the vote I'm is... So I'm going erotic. So you guys are both voting yeah. erotic. That was novel. my thing. I, when it's... do, And this is going to sound like the most fucking classist shit you've ever heard for video game oh, players. Do mobile games have DLC? And like, would this game have DLC? That's, my, I guess, the bigger question. Right. Obviously, there's deals. Animal Crossing has stuff. You know what I mean? But all right, cool. All right, there we go. Number three. Burnin' Rubber, Crash and Burn. The most explosive game on Earth is now available on mobile. You're so good at this, Jared. You're so good. Because this sounds like it has to be a video game, which makes me think it's an erotic fucking novel, and I'm going erotic. You're going erotic I'm novel. going erotic, man. All right, erotic, no- erotic novel. I'm going game. Greg Miller says game. It's mobile game. <laughs> Number four. Hot or shot? Hot or shot? It's a free game that will unwind the party participants and make the party really hot. It's a game. I'm going to go erotic. Greg Miller says erotic. Yeah. Game. Tim Getty says game. It's a fucking game, man. Number five. Southern hospitality. Oh, here we go. The Southern Bells of Spectre Manor need the touch of a good detective to strip away the mystery. <laughs> game. Tim Getty says game. Greg Miller? I say erotic. He says erotic. Number six. The Stable Girl, colon, bred by a stallion. <laughs> Fucking goddamn. Help. Definitely. Oh, go for it. Here's the description. Help Madeline rescue horse from a corral. And by the way, it's not spelled corral. It's spelled coral. C-O-R-A-L. Okay. Coral. Help Madeline rescue horse from a coral. The stable girl, colon, bred by a stallion. Description, help Madeline rescue horse from a coral. Oh, my God. Greg Miller, what do you say first? I think it's a game. Greg says game. I'm going to say erotic because... The coral thing. You wouldn't have told us that if you didn't make it up. Because that would give away. That's a good point. It's those. It was the the 
terrible sentence structure before yeah. the core. I was like, that's, that's an absolute score description. That's yeah. an absolute score description. Final one. Final one, number seven. Ready? Yep. Taken by the Minotaur. Description, Antigone has been kidnapped. Taken by the Minotaur. Video game. Tim Getty says video game. Greg Miller? Erotic. He says erotic. All right, folks, if you're playing at home, that's seven. We went seven today. A little extra, little extra on there. Well, you know what? I'm going sorry. erotic. No, no, no! I didn't mean to, I didn't you mean... locked it in! You locked it in, sir! Damn it. Cool right, I you fucked that up really bad. The Antigone thing threw it off. It doesn't matter. Go. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to allow well, it if you want to take it back. It's been locked. You're gonna What's take locked it? is locked. All right. never lie. All right, that's what he says. Okay. I'm, you had your chance. Number one. Is it love? Oh, <laughs> there's a song again. I am just I just want to have it prepped to end there. Right. Okay, okay. Is it love? Drogo Vampire. Yeah. Totally a mobile game. Ah! And we both said erotic fiction. Yeah, yeah. Totally Jesus. a mobile game. Absolutely. It is a sensually themed mobile game where you can meet and perhaps seduce a vampire. That is the real description. You, it's from the description. You may even be able to tame his destructive character and discover in him a passionate lover. This game, by the way, does have DLC because it occasionally rolls out new television style episodes nice. for you to interact nice. with. It's a spiritual successor to Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. There we go. Number two, Moan with Bigfoot Mega Collection. Is in fact an erotic novel. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, hell yeah. it's a collection of nine, uh, nine different works of erotica, including several parts of the famous Moan with Bigfoot mm. uh, uh, series. Of are you guys aware of like the the fantasy erotica on Amazon? Yes. Yeah. No further questions. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> There's a whole world of like really kind of out there Amazon erotica and uh, the, the, Bigfoot, the Bigfoot books are apparently very very big in this world Man. so moan with Bigfoot number three burn and rubber crash and burn that's a game that's a mobile yeah! game that's a mobile game Greg Miller rubber. rushes out it to an early in fact lead. a racing game boo yeah so right now, what score what score for the folks back home? What Greg has two points. Tim has one. Greg has two. Tim has one. Number four, hot or shot, is the free game that unwind the party participants and make the party really hot. That's a point Yay. for Tim. All right, it's a point for Tim. So we're tied up at two two, three to go. Number five, Southern hospitality, the Southern bells of Specter Manor need the touch of a good detective to strip away the mystery. That is absolutely erotica. That is yes. not a video game. Yeah. Greg Miller back in lead, three to two. Yeah, my fake description was not good enough there. Number six, the stable girl, colon, bred by a stallion, help Madeline rescue horse from a coral, <laughs> is erotica. Damn. Fuck. Oh, wait. Yeah. You got that. You yes. got it. You got yes. it. You, that means you made up the description. I did make up the description. I knew it. Yeah. I'm worried I'm going to have to stop giving these descriptions. I think I'm giving more clues away. It's I think like, just don't say something like coral like that because it was my thing too where I was like, ah, fuck. Well, that there was a go. part of me that was trying to make it go either way. Yeah, like, that's it, the, it, I guess it worked. It, fuck it. Keep doing the descriptions. It's great. Don't worry. Okay. Here I'm we go. Sure. Number seven. Number is the, seven. Is and the, you guys did different guesses. This so is the win. question. I thought it might be a tie here. I thought it might be a tie. I had a tie Taken by the fucking Minotaur. Taken by the Minotaur. Amazon Erotica. Yeah! Yeah! The champion remains. Bing, 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 bing. 
Tim Gettys, oh, oh for three. There okay, you go. Man. Four I'm points. For the fun, and guess what? Three. I'm having it. Okay, you play that song again. I didn't do anything. Well, there we go. <laughs> what did you say after Mobile Gamer Bullshit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, what will we do next week on Mobile Game Or? You'll have to come back to find out. Until then, I love you. <laughs>